Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne chose. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to the Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Tuesday, November 15th. It is 10.02 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Montreal Canadiens lose at home to the New Jersey Devils by a score of 5-1. to one. The Devils winning their 10th straight game. The Canadians' winning streak ends at three games. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part by 8.6 Beer, Intense by Nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And we'll talk to you about our other sponsors in just a couple of minutes. But without further ado, from BPM Spot 91.9, he has a show there with Max Truman that starts at 11 a.m. weekdays. Former NHL enforcer and former NHL player, George Larac, what's going on? What's going on, Tony? How's everything? What the, what, what the hell is it? What's going on here? Are you sleeping or what? No, I'm, I'm naked, actually. I'm tired, so I'm going right to bed right after. I figured I was going to do this show naked with you today. Uh, you know what? I, 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 I know that on this show we can expect the unexpected, but I have to tell you, uh, I am a little bit surprised. But, hey, listen... Stay like that. Uh, don't show anymore. I think we're good. I actually think it's kind of funny, George. Uh, George, thanks for accommodating us because you usually join us on Thursday nights. You're doing it tonight. We can already confirm that Marc-André Perrault will join me tomorrow and that uh, of uh, TVA Sport and uh, Brian Wild of Global TV Montreal will join me Thursday night after the Canadians play the Blue Jackets in Columbus. All right, so 5-1, Joel Edmondson says, we played a team that beat us at our own game. I think what he's trying to say, George, is the Canadians win a lot of games on speed. They win a lot of games on skill. They win a lot of games on forcing the other team to making mistakes because of their speed. The Devils suffocated the Canadians tonight, George. Actually, if you want to compare both teams, we know that the Devils been in uh, rebuilding for a while. The difference between them and Montreal is that the young guns has been been playing the NHL for a couple of years now. They have more experience. So they're just a couple of years ahead of Montreal and like in terms of experience with the young guys they've rebuilt this team with. And you can see the difference right there. And yeah, they have really good skilled players that now getting close to their full maturity. You look at Jack Hughes and these players that are out there. And, you know, Suzuki and Caulfield are getting there. So it's just a matter of time. So, you know, I'm not surprised with a game like today because uh, they're very skilled, they're fast, and it was an awesome, and Montreal was right there. You know, a couple good bounce, like, you know, if they had the right bounce, game could have been differently, you know, and then in the third, the game got pulled away, but, you know, the first first two periods were really, it was really good hockey game, and Montreal had held their own, and they could still keep their head high, even though the end of the game was not the way that they would want, they would want it to go. By the way, is this is this your bed or this is not your bed? Like, are you holding onto a pillow here? What's good? I, I I need to know this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is a pillow because uh, actually right now I'm in Ottawa because uh, we're doing a the, the show in in Ottawa tomorrow in in Gatineau because we're they're, we're presenting the BPM crew in Gatineau. So I just got in, I just oh, got okay. in, uh, and so, so that's why. So this is the bed, and and I just drove two hours, so I'm pretty tired, and I figured as soon as we're done, I'm going to bed. Uh, I wish okay. you could talk. I wish you could tuck me in. 
All right, so you're you're not. I get it. You're not going to waste any time. The second I say, all right, George, thank you, very good, merci, bonsoir. Uh, it, it's 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 you're going to bed. Okay. Blue Nuit he says. No, Blue Nuit edition of the sick podcast with George just coming in from Carlo Ronaldo. George, I thought the Canadians were good in the first period, right? I, I thought they had some legitimate scoring chances. There was good work in the slot. There was a quick shot by Uri Slavkowski, uh, and there was a real good save by, uh, by Vanacek there. There was a lively wrist shot from Kirby Doc down the right side. I, I believe that one came on the power play. Uh, Allen made an amazing stop off of Nico Hischier. He was down and out. There was a two-on-o, Dvorak to Pozzetta. Unfortunately, didn't have a very good finish. It hit Vanacek in the crest. Um, and, and Gallagher with an inside-out move behind the net, a pass to Dvorak. Vanacek makes a great left skate save. Caulfield was in the slot, and he was stopped as well. With seven seconds left in period number one, Gouley pinched in a quick wrist shot from the left side, and it was a glove save by Vanacek. I like their first period, George. In the first period, the Canadians came to play. Well, you know, in the first period, they all shot them bad. And it's it's funny because in hockey, you know that in the first period like this, if you don't capitalize, you know that the second period is going gonna, is gonna to be different because, you know, what, what do you think the coach said in the dressing room? Guys, we have to come out way strong. What was that? And and then it was the opposite, but they capitalized. That's what hockey is. You know, it's one thing, but if it's 0-0 zero, zero and you dominate a first period, you know, it doesn't give you any points. You have to score. And that's the thing. In hockey, like, when you have golden chance like this, you can't miss it. And that's why, like, in a game like this, it could have went either side. It all depends on the bounce. And then the third, I, as I said, the game was pulled away, but... It was a really good, entertaining hockey game in the beginning. Both goalies were outstanding. Yeah, the sick podcast brought to you in part by Lacash. If the last time you went to Lacash was when the Habs won the Cup back in 1993, I have to tell you, it's time you get back to Lacash. The menu will surprise you. I know George; they have revamped their restaurants. They got some of there's the, some uh, vegan options. There's some vegan option. I love it. There, there some are vegan some options. vegan options. So George does approve. Okay, so now let's talk about <laughs> what happened in the second period, George. Uh, it, it seemed like the devil's forecheck. They took away the Canadians' time and space. They forced the Canadians into making mistakes. They forced them into making a lot of them. And the Canadians, uncharacteristically, I think, turned the puck over tonight a lot. In the second period, there was a Suzuki turnover. Doc had to trip Brat. Uh, he takes a penalty. And then on the power play, it was he sure to Brat. He was robbed by Jake Allen. But Jack Hughes ends up scoring on that power play with a wrist shot with Bastion screening. It was the Jack Hughes show tonight, George. That was goal number one of two. We know he's good. He was drafted first overall several years ago. He's really good, George. What a show he put see, on tonight. See, the thing, though, people have to realize is, look at the last game against Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Um, at one point, we're going to have to realize that you know what? We can't look at Pittsburgh anymore as Crosby, Malkin, and Letan and all those big guys. Pittsburgh is an older team, and they're slower. They're not a hard team to play against. Now, no. all these teams that have those big stars players, as you can see, Montreal with their speed, they're not going to have much trouble. Tonight against the Devil is the first time that they played a team that was faster than them. Montreal, they're not used to that style. They're no. not used to when they're going to play a young team like them that have a lot of young guys that are fast, there's going to be a big adjustment because now, you know, when you have a lot of rookies like Montreal has, but you're fast, what that does is if you play like big name guys, but they're yeah. slow, it doesn't matter. You're always going to look good. But now you're looking, you're going to see more and more teams go younger and yeah. teams are going more and more with speed. And this is something that Montreal is just going to have to learn how to adjust. George, because that's why I said, teams. as you sing, as you persist, that the Penguins, it was amazing. They won their three Stanley Cups, yeah. but they had to go rebuild at one point here. In the last year, I think they made mistakes in extending the contract of Christopher Letang and Evgeny Malkin. Right. I know that Malkin is on a tear. I get it. And I understand that as long as you have Crosby, you owe it to him to be a competitive yeah. team. But you know what? Friends is friends. Business is business. I would have put all loyalty aside. I would have rebuilt that organization. The Devils, who have been in a rebuild, 
I have to tell you what a difference a year makes. Lindy Ruff has really been able to turn it around. They look unbelievable. And the Canadians that want to do this rebuild, for those who say, hold on a second, you don't have to, they're there. This is a Devils team that's already ahead of the game in them. So what I believe is, once again, I'll get back to, you need to be bad for at least one more year, at least one, maybe two, so that you can pass this Devils team that right now is ahead of you. No, but you know what? Mercer and all these kids that they got in in this lineup is amazing. They, tie, they even were able to they trade Ty Smith that they had because they had the luxury of having enough depth at the blue line, getting Dougie Hamilton to be with those young guys. Uh, and and he's, he's playing the, the mentor role that PK was playing with those young kids before. So, you know, they made really good decisions, um, you know, bringing in Tatar. And, and Tatar has always been a good player, but now he's completing these young guys in this lineup. And, and it's just amazing to see. I, I, to be honest with you, Tony, yeah. I did not think that the, uh, the the Devils would be up high this this early. Like with 15 games to go in the NHL to be one of the best teams so far, I didn't see them there. And uh, now it's nice Me to either. see that it's they're gelling together. They're playing really good, and and it's good to see because uh, they they sure had some tough years. I, I saw a game or two. I saw some highlights tonight. I wanted to see if they were for real. I've realized that they are for real, okay? Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. The Sick Podcast, brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, an asset-based 3PL provider, offering outstanding service at incredible rates, serving all of North America. Energy Transportation Group offers full-service logistics support. All right, let's get back to that hockey game and what we saw tonight in the hockey game. On a positive note, and there weren't many, Evgeny Dadanov played his best game as a Montreal Canadian. He was flying tonight early on in the hockey game. And in period number two, he was able to get his goal with Monaghan shot down the left wing, goes off of a New Jersey Devils player. And the puck, it um, it goes right to Dadanov, who's able to just bang it home. And you saw the smile right after the goal, George. Hoffman has four goals in his last four games. Dadanov didn't have a point until tonight's game. He finally got a goal. Uh, you know, I, I guess they're they're hoping that this is going to, you know, the monkey's off his back. Listen, there's 30 games left before the trade deadline. Yeah. Like, there's 30 games left. He has to score at least 15. That's the only way a team might want to go get him. And it's one goal I'm happy for him, but he needs more because the only reason why he's playing right now is because Montreal is hoping that his value goes up so they could get something in return or somebody go and get some. And we know it's not going to do one goal. It's not going to cut it. Um, is that one goal is going to go on a tear? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to go on a tear because, you know, for what we've seen so far, I need to see more. But if this gives him more confidence to get more, because he, we know this guy should be a, like 20. If you look at his track record, he's a 20 goal scorer every year. So I don't know what happened this year, the adjustment or whatever it is, but if they could get him back on track so he could go at the deadline, it would be amazing. All right. You know how much respect and admiration I have for Martin St. Louis. It doesn't mean I'm going to agree with everything he does, but up yeah. until now, ever since he's got there, I think he's touched all the right buttons, and I think I've agreed with him 95% of the time. Tonight, however, in a game where the Canadians look good in period number one but did not look good in period number two, and didn't look good in period number three, and you only have one goal, and you haven't been able to generate much, I don't understand why your Slavkowski didn't get a better opportunity. Like, not even one shift with the number one line, not even a shift with the number two line. At least we saw him on the power play, but I'm a little bit perplexed as to why he didn't try and change it up a little bit. Your thoughts? Well, well, you know, he, he had... In, in, in the fourth line, he had some chances. Like, he could have buried a couple goals in there and stuff. And what we have to realize is that for the first line, it was tough. Yeah, I admit it. They, they didn't have much jump. Uh, Colfield didn't have a shot on net till the end, till they pulled the goalie. It would have been actually the first time while Suzuki and, and I can't believe it, Suzuki and Colfield played together, that they would have played a full game without a shot. And yeah. it, at, with six players that they were able to do that at the end. But... Games like this is going to happen sometimes. But, you know, like the success that these three guys have together, 
And again, we're talking in the third period. In the third, to put him back there, I think we owe it to maybe those three guys to figure it out. And don't panic yet. Like, if it's two, three games like this, and then you, things are not working out, okay. But one per, for one period only, move Dak out of there, put Slavkovsky there. You know it is in Montreal. You, yeah. do this, this, you make that decision, and then all of a sudden, the media are asking, oh, is Slav back in the first line? No. Like, if another game like this, they're struggling, mm-hmm. and, and then it happens again, then you do that. But I don't think with the success these three guys have together, that you panic right away and you put somebody there. That first line, you have it for the next 10 years. You do not touch it. I heard Kent you said that, uh, um, mm-hmm. that, that he still see Kirby Dak eventually go back to center in that second slot, second center. I don't see it. I Jeff think Gordon, that you need to Jeff, go- George, if I can, Jeff Gordon said that to me last night right here. On the sick podcast, when yeah, I that's asked Gordon, about, yeah, that's Jeff Gordon. That's just right. That's you. When, that I, when I asked him about Doc's success yeah. on a line with Suzuki and Caulfield, and I said, "In your estimation, is he showing you that he's a winger now?" And he said, "Not really." And he said, "Look, if you ask Doc where he wants to play, he'll tell you that he wants to play with the best players. Guys are like that." But he says, "You know, I hear that he, you know people say he struggled in the faceoff circle, but he's gonna be okay." I saw him as a center, and we still see him as a center down the line. So, How about this? Hey, I have an idea for you. Tell me what you think of this, okay? Yeah. Kirby Doc, we live in a wing with Suzuki and Gold. I need to Gold. send you a sick shirt, by the way. I need to send you a shirt. What would you like on your shirt? Because I have different sayings. You, you want what, what, uh, what do you want exactly? Uh, Is there sick. anything in just particular sick. you want? Sick. Uh, just, oh, just sick. The, okay. the sick vegan. The sick vegan. The, well, the sick vegan, yeah, okay, perfect. It, it actually has got a nice ring to it, the sick vegan, because, because you, you know, <laughs> I, I won't even say it, but, uh, okay, I was going to say, but thinking of not, you know, of only eating, uh, of not eating, uh, you know, the foods that I want to eat is, is, is sick, if you think about it. And listen, our, um, our, hey, look, those hey, who I are watching. For you. But, but uh, those, uh, those are watching, I'm actually naked. But anyway, no, no, they want to uh, know, are you at uh, the Motel Ideal tonight or at the Motel Chablis, $27 <laughs> for four hours? Or what's the story? Do they do they still I mean, have those rates and you have to put it on Channel 27 or what? I'm actually in Gatineau. It's Hotel V. Uh, that's where the, the station put us for the presentation that we have to do tomorrow. It's perfect but, for uh, you, Hotel V for Hotel Vegan. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Tony, uh, I want to run an idea by you, okay? Tommy. I, I want to know what you think about that. Um we leave Kirby Dak with those top line guys, and we don't touch him. We don't put him back to center. Forget it. He can't. He can't win draws. He can't play center. They tried it in in Chicago, and, and Jonathan Tate couldn't figure him out to play at center. So he has to stay up wing. With the money you're gonna free up with Gwen Dabonar, George, you put that card with twice. I don't agree with you. Okay, but watch. But what's the idea that I have with you? Watch this. Okay, but I just want to tell you, he's 21, George. <laughs> George, he's 21 years old. Yeah, but, but watch this, watch this, watch this. Okay. How about the money you free up with Dwayne, Dadanov, Armia, um, Byron, all these guys, okay? Pierre and you go Dubois. get to, and, and, yes, second line center right there. You've been working with Jean Charles too long. Forget it. Pierre Dubois wants to be here. That's why he's not signing an extension with the Jets. He wants to play Montreal. Yeah, He's yeah. The, la- the last time, the last time a Quebecer let it be known that he wanted to play here, it really worked out well. <laughs> I believe him this time. I believe him this time. I like Pierre Luc Dubois, but who's to say? And I would take him on my team any day okay. of the week and twice on Sundays. Who's to say that Kirby Doc won't end up becoming a better second line center than Dubois? That's number no, one. There's no, there's no way. There's no way you're convinced not, that at 21 years old you're ready to say that Pierre, that Kirby Doc will not be a better center than Pierre Luc Dubois. You know that Pierre Luc Dubois played quite a bit of wing in his career too, eh? I think that Kirby Doc in the wing is 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 he has more potential and he's better as a center. He didn't have to strike as much. He doesn't have as much pressure to 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 get people around him better. I think he's more of a finisher. Uh, he's more of a winger, power forward than a Center man that has to be making plays is I you, you could be is right not high enough to be a center. You could be right, but here is where I'm gonna disagree. 
I'm not so sure that Kirby Doc doesn't have a good IQ. I actually think he does. But I to be a sentiment, to be a, to be a sentiment, man, it, you need a lot of it. Yes, you, you need, need a lot a, of it. You need to have a computer chip in your brain. I, I, I totally. And, and what we've seen so far, he looks lost when he's playing center. He looks lost, but in the wing, he looks to displace. He uses speed, his attacks the net. He doesn't have as much pressure. He doesn't have to be making plays. He couldn't make pass. We've seen him set up and make beautiful passes. But you know what? If you're a sentiment and you can't take draws, you cannot be a sentiment. Having a guy stay on your line so he could do draws for you, that's not serious. Come on. And he's doing good. Like, think about that. If you take him out of Suzuki and Cofield, who are you going to put there? There's nobody else than him that could play with those two guys. So why don't we let this guy build chemistry with them for years so then you don't have to worry about getting the winger. You have the perfect winger to play with them. They're young. They'll be there for years to come. And then you find a way to build that second line. But because Dvorak is a third-line center, you will leave him there, and then it's still an empty spot for that second-line center. And if you put Doc there, you're back to square one. No wingers to play with those two, with those two superstars. What if you end up getting the third or fourth pick in the draft and you end up drafting a centerman? Uh, Munchal is going to finish 20th. Forget it. They're not getting any one of the top three. I know that's what you're hoping for and you're dreaming about and you, like, uh, you're looking at all the stars. I don't know, the, the, I don't the know about stars. that. I don't what, what know you, about what, that. You think, gonna gonna why. you think they're going to Okay, go ahead. I'm going to tell you why. I'm not saying I disagree with you, okay? Because right now we take a look at the way they're playing. And they had their have a record of eight, seven, and one. So they, you know, they have they're pretty much eight wins and eight losses. You look at them and you say if they keep on that pace, they'll probably finish 20th. So I understand your thinking, okay? But Montreal to traditionally starts well and then That's they true. taper off. This could be a, a different year. But once they start to taper off at one point, they're gonna end up being a seller. When I asked Jeff Gorton yesterday and I said, hypothetical question but if the trade deadline it was two weeks from today would you actually end up being a buyer he didn't want to answer it and my opinion that he didn't want to answer it is because they're not going to sway away from their plan he's still going to be a seller so if they go on a bad if they go on a losing streak here at one point they're going to start their their schedule is going to start to get a little bit more difficult in about a month in the month of december uh, from, the, right. from the 17th of December to the first couple of days of January, their schedule gets very tough. If they end up losing 80% of their games and then they come out of January and they can't recover, they get into February and they start trading away assets, they could actually dip a lot faster than you think. No, but, yeah, but again, who they, who, who they going to sell? Think about it. Well, they're going to trade Sean Monahan. Yes, if his value goes. Yes, yeah, if his value goes up, you're right. That that'd be something that that would hurt their production. Yes, I agree, because there's a couple of guys that I think they're gonna want to trade that they won't be able to. They'll be stuck with a lot of guys that they don't want to. But you know what? Right now, the one guy that we know is drawing attention to the league is Josh Henderson. Edmonton is interested by him. Calgary is interested by him. But you know what? Could Montreal like? afford to get rid of one of the only power forward that they have the only winger that could play physical you know and and you know they need that dimension up front so that's why the tough decisions yeah, to make but george josh anderson has to start scoring goals for this team because at five and a half million dollars and he leads the montreal canadians in the category of hits i get that that's very good but if he's going to hit, but he's going to end up scoring or playing a good game one in every four or one in every five, he's not worth five and a half million dollars over the no. next six years. No, you're 100% right. And with his, his injury prone and his value is at the highest right now. If you wait two years to do it, um, you know, you won't, you'll be stuck with him. So you're right that the time is now. But again, guys, players like that, it's hard to get. And Jackai does that job at D-Man. But what other forward, you know, that four checks like he does and push the D's back and four check hits them and go gets the puck? There's none. Nobody's like that. Slavkovsky's a big guy, but he's more of a finesse player. So if you don't, if you trade Josh Anderson, I think you need a banger, a winger like this that could 
play that pace, that that same type of style. He's obviously not the first player they're going to trade because when they get to the end of February, unless yes, I understand you're going to tell me they're not going to get much, but they will trade. Um, they will trade Monahan. They will trade Drouin, and maybe you'll get nothing, but they'll trade him. They'll trade. You, you think? Of- you think? You think a team that wants to win the cup is going to look at Drouin and say he's on missing piece? A team that wants to win the cup, no, but a team that is just getting into the playoffs, that is just going to have to pay him a month and a half of salary, and there's no quota or cap on the amount of players that you can have come playoff time. Yes, I think a team will take him. Well, we're, we're gonna George two paychecks. I'm I'm not talking about it. Doesn't matter. I'm not talking about how much is going to it cost. I'm talking about just with all the guys you're going to want to take to do a run in the playoff. You think that someone's going to look at him, thinking that he's going to add on to our team, regardless of the money? What values does he bring to a, the way you see him playing right now? What what values do you think he brings to a team? that thing that with him we're going to the top come on tony i think you have you're putting alcohol in these you're putting alcohol in these drinks well there is there is actually alcohol in this one because it's 7.9 percent alcohol it's a strong beer but i'm going to tell you this you know once again please don't put words in my mouth you asked me if a team that's going to go for a cup is going to pick up jonathan Drouin, and i said no but i believe a team that will get into the playoffs that will have to pay him two paychecks in the last month, month and a half of the season, I think you'll find the taker. Let's not forget, eh? It takes one person to love you. It doesn't have to take a hundred or it takes one to say, hey, you know what? What do we have to lose here? And, and what, what do you have to happen? lose? This they're seeing the same thing as we're seeing. Remember, often in Montreal, there's many guys that would say we have to get rid of him and him and him and him and him. And we think that all the other teams in the league are blind and they'll take Whatever dead wood we have, they'll just take him and they'll just help us. By the way, George announced by the Canadians that Jonathan Drouin will miss four to six weeks with an upper body injury sustained on November 5th versus Vegas. And I have to say, man, if this guy didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. He gets hurt a lot. He gets hurt a lot. How convenient is that for the Montreal Canadiens? And how convenient is that not knowing what to do with him? And then something like this happened. Martin said, we said is the hardest thing right now to have guys in and out of the lineup, finding guys to play and pushing, putting guys aside. And now they have a blessing in the sky. Dwayne's career is done because it's his, play, like, it's his contract year and he's not having a good year. He's hurt again. It's going to be really tough for him to sign another contract it's in the NHL. It's going to be really he tough for him to sign another contract yeah, in the National he, he might have to go play. He might have to play in Europe. Or he might have to accept a one-year deal at league minimum. Well, like, he's going in a gouching path right now. You're moving a lot. <laughs> you're, you're moving a lot on that <laughs> No, I'm alone on that bed. I'm not moving on someone. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm exciting you, Tony, while I'm moving on that bed. I'm li- Oh my god let me 
Let me reel this back in. Oh my god. Oh, you okay? I didn't expect. You okay? I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect this to happen tonight. I can't. I can't even see straight anymore. I gotta, I gotta get my glasses. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. Let's uh, let's get back to. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, you know, uh, Cole Caulfield, Marty St. Louis, I'm trying to reel this back in here. Marty St. Louis said a couple of weeks ago, Cole's a great goal scorer. We all know that. But you know what? I want to make him a great player. I want to work on him as a player. And uh, he's been really, really good in his own zone. But even Cole Caulfield, who's really skilled and really fast with the puck, even he tonight, they forced him into a lot of turnovers, right? There was one turnover where... It looked like there was a Tatar goal, but then there was a coach's challenge by Marty St. Louis, and Tatar had entered the zone, um, and it was ruled offside, so the goal was disallowed. And then there was, uh, you know, another New Jersey goal that actually was a goal that Caulfield. No, it was uh, it was Caulfield turning the puck over, and there was a couple of shots uh, by I believe Bastion in the slot. And Jake Allen made a couple of saves, but Cole Caulfield struggled in his own zone tonight. I mean, but same time, who didn't? I thought David Savard tonight had a really, really hard time. Really hard time. Well, you know, like, the thing is, they've been so good for so long carrying this team. There's only two games in a season. Sometimes players are going to have a game off, and it's going to happen, you know? They, they're not going to – remember that they're the line that's playing against the best defensive line every game. People have to yeah. shut them down because to beat the Montreal Canadiens, you have to shut down the number one line because nobody else or is scoring. the best offensive line because they might go offense against offense. Another team might come in and say, okay, you know what? Yeah. We'll put our horses against yours. And, and you know what? Sometimes it's going to happen. Sometimes they won't have the right balance. Sometimes they won't work, and it's okay because most of the time, you know, they will. He's averaging – him and Suzuki averaging a point a game now, which is pretty impressive so far, and we'll see how long they can keep it up because, as you said, and you're right, after Christmas – Second part of hockey is ty- hockey is much tighter. It's much more physical. It's harder. There's less goals, and then we'll see how they handle it ba- then. But for now, I think it's good, and it's a learning experience. They're learning. They played a very fast team. They're gonna adjust to this. They're gonna adjust to the speed. They have jumps most of the game anyway. And uh, you know, I had an interview with Caulfield a couple days ago on the radio, and it, he said something very interesting. I heard it. I By the him, way, you conducted uh, it in he, English. You conducted it in English. You did a really good job. Eh? No, thank you. And uh, but you know, one of the questions I asked him if he if he had in mind having a forty or fifty goal season, and I love his his answer to that. He said that he's going five games at a time, right? And he, he, he calculates five games at a time his production. And his goal is to get a point a game. He wants to point a game. He's trying to be on the sheet every game. And then he doesn't get into, he doesn't get in his head big goals to put pressure on himself, but it's just five years at a time, one point a game. You know, and that mentality, it's, it's good because you don't go, like, you go game by game. And, you know, if your objective is to get a one point a game at the end of the season, if let's say there's 15 games you didn't get a point. 68 points, like, you know, it'd be an unbelievable year, right? Yeah. So that's why I like yeah. that when you answer that and stuff, like just the fact that he always wants to be in and the guy that produced, it's just awesome. George, uh, thanks so much for staying up tonight. I know you like to go to bed early because you're a real early riser. Uh, you usually wake up at like, what, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah, every day. All right, so this is a sacrifice for you to do this. I hope you had fun with your pillow. And <laughs> have a good night, George. Have fun tomorrow. Thanks, buddy. All right, there you have it. George Larac. My God, you never know what to expect when you do a live podcast. And uh, that was the first. I lost it. I've never, re- I, I, I've lost it like that before on radio. I've never lost it like that on the podcast. It was, um, I was going to pass out for a second there. But anyway, that's the beauty of when you do things live. Uh, If you're going to lose it, everyone's going to see you lose it. Uh, Marinero, a shout-out to MatrixHomeFitness.ca. Discover a club-quality workout in the comfort of your own home. And to bring it home, visit MatrixHomeFitness.ca because they have elliptical machines, they have uh, treadmills, they have exercise bikes, they have all kinds of 
uh, gym equipment. And uh, when we're talking matrix, we're talking strong, we're talking smart, and we are talking beautiful. All right. Without further ado, I'm going to give you the number and we're going to open up the lines to you. Toll free number. It's you called. You called. Presented by Playground. Brought to you by Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. And uh, we uh, usually take calls after Montreal Canadiens games for the most part. So we'll take them tonight and we'll take them again on Thursday night when the Montreal Canadiens visit the Columbus Blue Jackets. And once again, in case you missed it, Jonathan Drouin is out four to six weeks with an upper body injury sustained November 5th versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Call us, one 585 sick one 585 7425 Sammy Cavallaro is back at Master Control, and he's going to patch through the calls. But before we do, we're going to take a few comments, and you can send your questions to us right now. And by the way, if you love the SICK podcast, message us SICK, because right now we're live on YouTube, we're live on Twitter, and we are live on Facebook. If I can, I want to express all my thanks to everyone who watched last night. Last night was a great night for the podcast, and we hope there's going to be many many more. Thank you very much. We love you all. You are our sick army. And if you listen on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. We really, really appreciate that. It goes a long way. Let's go to the comments. Hutsey says they have to trade Josh Anderson. I don't think they have to trade Josh Anderson this season, but I think after the amount of years that Anderson's been in the league, This is who he is. If we're expecting him to play 82 games the same way, it's not him. Because if he did play 82 games at his best, he would be one of the best power forwards in the National Hockey League. And he has the makings to be, but unfortunately, he's not. He's a north-south player, but unfortunately, when the wires touch, he plays with a little bit more fire in his belly. And when they don't, he just doesn't. And for Anderson um, to be at his best, he needs to be, you know, driving to the net with conviction, taking defensemen to the outside, crashing the net, finishing his hits, using his great wrist shot, going to the front of the net, taking and delivering punishment. And unfortunately, it just seems to happen one in every four, one in every five. I don't think it's urgent to trade him this season. Uh, But at the same time, if he can fetch you something really good, you're going to have to listen. But is he going to fetch you something really good when he's playing one in every four, one in every five? Because if I see it and you see it, well, then other teams see it. What I think is going to happen is they're going to try and get rid of some big contracts. And if they don't get rid of those big contracts because they're up at the end of the year, well, then those contracts will be off the books at the end of the season. And then they're going to be, you know, they're going to have, they're going to have some money to do things maybe in the off season. And yesterday with Jeff Gordon, we talked about guys are just loving playing for Marty St. Louis. We talked about the fact that Canadians are fun to watch. They're entertaining. They're scoring goals, although they didn't tonight, only one. And the Canadians are managing people well. They've been doing a lot of right things over the last year and a half here. They paying, you know, they're paying attention to details that maybe they had probably dropped the ball on a few issues or maybe paid less attention to, and they're trying to really turn it all around. And they're hoping that Montreal can be a place of destination for these free agents going forward. They have to trade him because he's the player that they can get the most return for this coming in for Hutsey. Hutsey, I totally understand that. Maybe you're right. Um, Compliment to a top six, but a luxury third-line guy on a great team. 
says John Wayne. Other coming in, others coming in on YouTube. Trade David Savard as well. David Savard would have value. If you're an NHL team and you're looking for a defenseman to add depth, you would um, you would go after David Savard. Audio Murphy says, Jack I, too many mistakes tonight. Maybe time for Laval for him. It all depends. If better development is being done here, you can keep him here. At the same time, I wouldn't have a problem if they trade Jack I, if they send Jack I to Laval for a bit. But what if you send Jack I to Laval and then other teams start taking liberties on some of your best players and some of your skill players? Who's going to defend them then? There are others that can do it, like Josh Anderson and like Joel Edmondson, for example. But it's nice to have a guy like Arbor Jacki in the lineup if something like that happens. It's, uh, you know, it's good to have him around. You know what I mean? Other comments. Raymond Singh. Do you think there's a trade coming soon of any kind? It seems like there is a log jam in a few areas. Um, this coming in from Raymond Singh. Singh signed sold. I don't think so. Who are they going to trade? Let's just say they were trade a... I'm going to give an example. A Dvorak. And then they put Doc at center. Well, then who ends up playing the wing on that line? I, I just, I don't think they're going to make a trade now. And so Michael Matheson has to get into the lineup here. And then maybe Jack I goes to Laval. Maybe yes, maybe no. But I, I just, I don't see them making a trade anytime this week. But things can change. Should Montreal trade Gallagher? If not, why? This coming in from Christopher Francois. Christopher, uh, of course they should. Brendan makes a lot of money for what he brings to the table right now. He, he works really hard. No one will ever doubt that. He's all heart. No one will ever doubt that. But $6.5 million a year is a lot of money for heart and hard work. But you're not going to find the taker because you're in a cap world. If you weren't in a cap world, yeah, maybe you would. But you are in a cap world. So because of that, you won't. Other comments and reminding you, if you want to call me, you can jump on a line now because I'll get to your calls momentarily. Toll free at one 585 sick one 585 7425 Canadians lose by a score of 5-1. to one. Jack Hughes putting on a show tonight at the Bell Center for the New Jersey Devils. And I thought John Marino, who scored in an empty net, I thought John Marino was really, really good for the New Jersey Devils tonight. Uh, Vitek Vanacek was good as well. He stopped 25 of 26. John Marino, 22 minutes and 17 seconds. He had a goal. He had a point. He was plus one. He had a couple of shots on goal. He blocked three shots in this hockey game. He took away a couple. I thought he was the best defenseman on the ice in the entire game. Kovacevic isn't good enough, in my opinion. Thoughts on him? I think Kovacevic is a guy you don't notice. And I think when you look at a player who's got limited ability, a player that you don't notice is actually a plus more than it is a minus. I think he's been a very good addition to this team. And I think he was a great waiver wire pickup. Others coming in. Is this really the end for Jonathan Drew in the National Hockey League? This coming in from Matt Gonzo. Matt, if he comes back from injury four to six weeks and he's able to put together a goal or two, um, you know, he'll probably find the team before the trade deadline because they'll only be on the hook for a couple of paychecks. But I think he's going to be really hard-pressed to get a job in the National Hockey League next year. It's just been too much of a downward spiral. It's going to be very, very difficult. If that's what he wants, I hope it for him, but it's going to have to be a lot better than it has been now. And, you know, he's just... He's getting hurt a lot. Tony, will you be talking World Cup of Soccer on the podcast? Well, we're always going to talk Montreal Canadiens, but yes, I'm not going to see the World Cup come and go. It starts on the 20th of November. I believe it ends on the 18th, 17th or 18th of December. And yes, obviously, I'm going to be talking World Cup Soccer. And Canada's going to play their first game versus the Belgian national team on Wednesday, November 23rd. A date that's very important to me, especially this year. Because on Wednesday, November 23rd, I will be celebrating my 50th birthday. All right, okay. 
Man, I hate that number. Do we have Chris LaTornade? <clears throat> Chris? Yep. Yeah, Chris LaTornade. What's going on from LaTornade Sports Card Store in Vaudreuil, Durian? What's on your mind, my man? Well, I was just uh, following you the post-game show and uh, thought I'd give you a call. All right, okay. What about? So, so uh, no, I was just calling to talk about uh, in the beginning of the year, I watched the... Um, the pre uh, like the preseason and all that and I I was really hyped up about uh, Arbor Jacki and just like a lot of people um, first the first through three four games uh, we saw lots of big hits lots of fights everything like that but uh, I don't know I I feel like it's 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 fallen off and uh, it's it's wearing off and I don't I don't see I'm seeing a lot of defensive mistakes. I'm not seeing the hits. I'm not seeing the fights anymore. And I, I feel like Montreal could have used that tonight. Um, Jeff Gordon talked about, you know, the games that he played. The last couple of preseason games that he played was when he cemented his spot on this team. I think he rode a wave. I think he had some momentum and he rode the wave and he rode the momentum. I see some bad penalties. I see some bad decision-making. He's a player who's still raw. He's a player who clearly needs more seasoning. And he's a player, though, if he would be sent down to Laval, I think everyone would understand. But we have to ask ourselves, and I don't have the answer to this question, is there better development being done in Laval than there is in Montreal or in Montreal that's being done in Laval? And maybe that's going to be able to answer the question. Or maybe when Mike Matheson comes back, maybe the Canadians play 7D. We haven't discussed that yet. But if you play 7D, you shave a couple of minutes off of every defenseman, and then all the young guys are able to play. They're all able to get minutes. And if the better development is done here, that's a way that you can do it without exposing anyone and without burning anyone. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, I think that uh, once Matheson comes back, they're definitely going to have a big decision to make. Chris, well, how was the card uh, show in uh, in Toronto? It was amazing. Spent lots of money, walked a lot, and uh, met a lot of new people, uh, saw a lot of old people. You made a lot of money? Well, I wouldn't say well, I made a lot of money, but I made a lot of acqu- acqu- acquisitions for, uh, for oh, future. For hey, I'm going to give you a call tomorrow because uh, there's a couple of um, uh, Panini stickers in terms of the, uh, the, uh, the, the World Cup album book there. There's a couple of stickers I'm going to ask you. Like, Do you sell individual, individual stickers or just packs? Uh, I do have individual stickers. They would be my doubles from the packs that I opened. Uh, all right. Okay. So, so you do have uh, individual stickers, which are doubles. Okay. I'll give you a call tomorrow, bud. Thank you. You're very welcome. You Thank you. There you have it. Chris Latornade from Latornade Sports Player Card Store uh, in Vaudreuil, Dorian. More of your comments coming in. Who will finish the season with more points? Cole Caulfield or Jack Hughes? I'm going to go with Jack Hughes. Uh, usually the centerman finishes with more points than the winger, usually, unless the winger's name is Alexander Ovechkin, in which case he usually gets a lot of them. Other comments. You put Drew in IR, and then when Matheson returns, no defenseman has to go to Laval. This coming in from Ryan Katz. Next. Uh, I think it's not a question of a defenseman going down to Laval, though. I think it's a question of a lot of people believing that maybe Laval would be good for Jack Eye right now. Mike says, Tony, why is Slavkovsky starting on the fourth line? It makes no sense because they have a plan. The plan looks like it was a predetermined plan, and they want to stick to that plan. And they'll probably give him a little bit more when they think he's ready for it. Paul in New Brunswick, but I like Slavkovsky tonight. I thought he showed some good signs and some good things. In front of his mother, by the way, who was in attendance tonight. Hi, Paul. Hey, Tony. How are you? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I had a good chuckle with you and George before. That was really funny. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, 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 I was going to say I almost lost it, but I did lose it, right? 
Well, you, you came back pretty good. <laughs> I, I tried. Yeah, yeah, I tried. What's on your mind, Paul? Uh, calling tonight because I think I really, really noticed more than ever before how the Canadians are really just a one-line team. We're going to get little sporadic things here and there from certain players. Gallagher gets a couple. Dvorak gets a couple. But I don't think it's going to be uh, wins by committee this year. So I, I, I do believe that Canadians right now are overachieving big time. And I could see the uh, the wins diminishing a lot as the season goes on. Teams are I, I don't know if they're going to diminish a lot, but I think that they have overachieved as well. But they really they didn't do this by fluke, eh? They deserve to have the record that they have. Uh, I think they've played really good hockey this year. Oh, absolutely. They have played very, very well. And they're fun to watch, like everybody's saying. But I think as the season progresses, teams are going to pick up pretty pretty quick that if you play Suzuki and Caulfield hard, and uh, it, it's going to get a little bit more difficult for them as the season goes on. Paul, you've been heard, and thanks so much for calling the Sick Podcast. I appreciate it, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Paul. There you have it, Paul in New Brunswick. One triple eight five eight five sick. That's one triple eight five eight five seven four two five. Jake Allen at the end of the game saying that's the best team we played this year. You know what? You have to agree with him. I mean, you might you you probably didn't think that they were the best team, but. I haven't seen a team this year give the Canadians as many problems as the New Jersey Devils did tonight. In period number two, especially, the Canadians couldn't breathe. They suffocated them. They were first on the puck all the time, and it just led the it just led them into the Canadians into turnover after turnover after turnover and a lot of mistakes. One triple eight five eight five six. One triple eight five eight five seven four two five. It is a toll free number. To your comments before we get to another call, where are we going? Yep, it's all Arbor's fault. Give me a break. We missed many scoring chances. Yeah, he didn't play his best game, but who did? We just played the hottest team in the league. If Cooley or Harris have a few bad games, are they going down as well? Edmondson and Arbor should not be playing together. Savard, Gooley, Matheson, Edmondson, Harris, and Jacki. This coming in from Mark. Mark, thanks for the note. I don't think anyone said it was all Jack Guy's fault. I think there was just a comment from a caller who said it was Chris Latornad who said at the beginning of the season, um, Jack Guy was more involved physically, he thought. He thought he made better decisions, and he thought he was – he just thinks that he may have been a little bit complacent over the past couple of games, and he's been a little bit exposed. That's different than saying it's all his fault. He clearly didn't say it was all his fault. More questions coming in. Could they trade Jake Allen to the Leafs? This coming in from Kelly. Kelly, I'm all for trading players if you can stockpile assets. But if I knew that Jake Allen was going to give the Toronto Maple Leafs a better chance to win, that's the one team I wouldn't want to send them to. I wouldn't want to send them to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't totally despise the Leafs, eh, by the way. I don't. But I just wouldn't want to send them there. No. I just, I don't know if you do that, right? Like in your own division, helping a team like that who's an arch rival team, do you help them? I don't know. Out of all the teams that you can send them to if you want to, Jake Allen keeps the Montreal Canadiens in hockey games. Tonight, it wasn't meant to be, though. I mean, tonight, New Jersey was just too much for the Montreal Canadiens. Didn't matter who was in Nets tonight. You put any goalie in the National Hockey League in goal for the Montreal Canadiens tonight, they don't win that hockey game versus the Devils. They just don't. Other comments. We need to build a winning culture to make free agents want to actually play here. If they suck and depend always on the draft, it's not a good strategy. We need free agents to want to sign here. This coming in from Hutsey. Hutsey, here's my opinion on this. When you draft players, especially if you can draft one, two, three, four, you're supposed to be getting the best players of that draft year. 
50% of the time, the number one pick ends up being much better than anybody in the draft, maybe even more than that. But when you draft players, you're on an entry-level contract for three years, you're under a million dollars. When you're trying to sign a free agent that has the stature of a player or the potential of a player that's in the top three or four or five, you're going to have to overpay. A lot of teams make a lot of mistakes in free agency. The Toronto Maple Leafs gave John Tavares, as good as he is, and he's a real good hockey player, a seven-year, $77 million contract. They could have taken that money and paid it to several players in several other positions. And because they gave him that money, the following year, Matthew's agent wanted more, and Marner's agent wanted more, and Nylander's agent wanted more. And none of them got more than Tavares. None of them. But they all looked, you know, their agents all looked at the team and said, well, if you're giving Tavares that money, you got to give my player uh, that money or close to it. So I would rather the team finish in the bottom four or five and draft for a couple of years than go out and get free agents. Free agents, you end up spending too much money. You're, you're, you're going to end up giving somebody $10 million a year for the next seven years. And that's a $70 million contract. And then if that player doesn't pan out, then you can't move that contract. When you draft, it's an entry-level deal under a million dollars, a three-year deal. So I totally, totally, and respectfully disagree with you. Other comments. I heard today that Alfonso Davies is not in Qatar yet. What's up with that? This coming in from Kennedy. I believe he's in Germany. He will be on his way to Qatar. I'm not so sure the reason why he's in Germany. Maybe because he's undergoing treatment for the hamstring or whatever, but he will be on his way to Qatar. I can guarantee you that Alfonso Davies will be in Qatar. All right? And uh, it's not like the World Cup starts now. It starts in five days, but uh, if I'd be a betting man, I would bet that, uh, you know, he'll be there tomorrow or the day after at the latest. But I know I don't know exactly the reason why. I don't. I do know that he's a top three left back in the world on anyone's list. And he's going to be really good for Canada playing the left wing because with the Canadians men's national team, he plays more advanced. He plays left wing and Sam Adekubi will play behind them at left back. You see, we do talk soccer every now and then. Canada versus Belgium, Wednesday, November 23rd, 2 p.m. I'll most likely be at Lacash, of course. Other comments? Probably in LaSalle. Nick G says, Tony, what uh, do the Devils have that the Habs don't have? They went through the rebuild, and um, they're probably further along in the rebuild and more experience. The Canadians will get there. Give the Canadians a couple of years in... Um, Two years from now, the Canadians will look like the New Jersey Devils look tonight. I'd be willing to bet on that. I'm convinced. One or two more comments. John Wayne, we have some good young guys. No matter what, we can't be disappointed. The future is bright. It's absolutely right about that. The future is bright. If you're enjoying the sick podcast on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, you're watching right now live. Comment sick, S-I-C-K. It's our way of feeling the love. If normally you listen in uh, on Google Podcast or Apple Podcast or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's also another way that we can feel the love, and we appreciate that as well. Why don't we take one more comment for tonight's edition of the Sick Podcast? This one coming in from Cuckoo K69. Dadanov on fire was the first period highlight of the game. Wish we had a better turnout versus New Jersey, but seemed to fall apart midway through the second. Way too many turnovers. Like they said, I think it was Joel Edmondson, they got beat at their own game tonight. They got beat by a team that had speed and skill, pushed the pace, was the aggressor, and had a real aggressive forecheck. And it just took away the Canadians' time and space, and they made way too many mistakes and turned the puck over. That was the difference in the hockey game. The New Jersey Devils win 
by a score of five to one. Once again, special thanks to the people that bring us the sick podcast, Energy Transportation Group, also 8.6 beer, and also Lacage. Thank you so much to my sick army who's with me Monday through Friday, Monday to Thursday. I'm there. You're with Matthew O'Han every Friday night. We'll be back tomorrow night. Same time, same place, live on YouTube, live on Facebook, live on Twitter. Tell your friends about it. Expect the unexpected. Tonight we had someone doing the show, lying down on a bed in a hotel room, not wearing a shirt, and hugging his pillow. George Larac, you made me laugh tonight. I love you, buddy. And for all of you, don't forget, I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.